Okay, let's get started. Uh, tonight's shir is sponsored by Yossi Yosef Ben Carmela, the Yossi drawer and his family. Everybody should have a refuah shleima in that mishpacha. If Yossi, if you hear this recording, next time you have to show up. It's not a good enough to sponsor. You've got to be here. We should see you. Um, uh, second of all, I would like to thank Rabbi Lofman for uh, making sure that the chulant is Yashan. And this way we can, uh, everybody is uh, able to eat from it. And always thanking Jeremy for making the chulant every, every week. It's not easy. So thank you, Jeremy. It's always delicious, I'm sure. But uh, one day I'll be Zaych to actually taste it. One day. All right. Um, this week's Pasha is probably the most important Pasha in the entire Torah. Pasha's Yisroi is the Pasha of Matan Torah. And the thing that's fascinating about it is that if you notice, if you learn Shnai Mikra, you went through the Pasha, the Pasha is divided into three parts. Part number one is Yisroi. He comes to the desert. His discussion with Moshe. Part number two is the giving of the Torah. The giving of the Aseris Hadibris. And no, they're not the Ten Commandments, despite the movie. There are 14 commandments, or maybe 15, in the Aseris Hadibris. The word Dibra does not mean a commandment. It means a statement. And there might be about 14 mitzvahs or maybe 15, in the Aseris Adibris. And then it follows up with some mitzvahs that have to do with Matan Torah. Those are the three parts of Parshas Yisroi. And the part that's difficult to understand is when did Yisroi come to the Midbar? When did he come? What was the date? Does anybody know? When was the date? Don't be shy. Yom? The day after Yom Kippur. According to Rashi, according to the Ramban, he came before Matan Torah. So according to the Ramban, it makes sense. There's a chronological order. Yisrael came and he received the Torah together with Kalal Yisrael and so on and so forth. But today, tonight, we're going to talk about Rashi. And Rashi says that Yisrael came the day after Matan Torah. Right? He came Motzah Yom Kippur. That's when he came. So I want to describe, in your mind, when you think about Yisroi, what kind of person was Yisroi? What would you say about him? How would you paint in your mind a picture of Yisroi? So I think many people would say that Yisroi, he is the great truth seeker. There was not one form of Avodah Zorah that he did not search out. But the truth of the matter is that it's exactly the opposite. He was the great seeker of Sheker. He's a person that he dedicated his life to go against Hashem. There wasn't an Avodah Zorah. There was no idolatry in this world that he did not try. And he traveled the world for that purpose. So let's think for a moment the following idea. This whole Parsha happened when? After Matan Torah. So why does the Torah put it before Matan Torah? 
Because this is the guide. The guide, if you want to know how are you going to accept the Torah, this Shabbos, every day, the introductory guide to Matan Torah is the parsha of Yisroi. Of Yisroi coming to the Midbar and the conversations. The reason why the Torah put it here, that even though in time it happened after Matan Torah, because this is the key. The key lesson of how to have a connection to Matan Torah is the story of Yisroi. And the thing that's a pellet to me, that's a wonder to me, is Yisroi, he's the person that is called Kuloi Sheker. He's one big piece of falsehood. Not only that, when is Yisroi coming? You know the guy that shows up after all the hard work has been done? You know that guy? We all know such a guy. After everything, now he showed up. What's he... Yisroi comes, what did he hear? He heard about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, he heard about the war of Amalek, right? And he comes over there, and what does he tell Moshe Rabbeinu? What are the words that he tells Moshe Rabbeinu? He says the following thing, The father-in-law, you know how you say in Yiddish, a father-in-law, a shver. You know how you say something is difficult? Schwer. Same word. It's not by mistake. Yeah? What? I can't say in a Bismedrish. But the thing is, is that right? It's not good what you're doing. So take a moment for yourself. You are Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, Shviger, yeah. Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, he took the Jews, he, he went through the ten Makkas, he uh, took the Yidin out of Mitzrayim, the most powerful empire of the time. He spoke to Hashem face to face, Mila Bemila. And now comes this person who in this entire time while the Jewish people were suffering for 210 years, and they saw the great miracles of Hashem, and they went through the Yamsuf, and they got the Torah, and they ate the man, and this entire time he was at home on the couch watching Netflix. And now, what is the first thing that he says? It's not good what you're doing. I want to ask you, what would you respond to Yisrael? Get out of here. Who are you to tell me what to do? But it's not what Moshe Rabbeinu says. What does it say in the Pasuk? The Pasuk says as follows. And Moshe listened to the, to the sound. It doesn't say. He heard the sound of his Shver's voice. Vyas and he did Kolashir Omar. And he did exactly like he did. What are we being taught in this parsha? The key element to receiving the Torah. It's without question Yurashamayim. Without question it's dedication and sacrifice. But above all else is the ability to hear and to be sensitive to Chachma wherever it might be. 
Rabbeinu Yonah says in Pekei Ovis, Ezu Chacham Aloymed Mikol Adam. Who is a wise man? A person who learns from every person. Let me tell you something. Most people, there is nothing to learn from them. Right? They say silly things. So what does it mean, Aloymed Mikol Adam? What does that mean? It means the following thing. A truly wise person, a Chacham, is somebody who has a Havas Chachma. He has a love for wisdom. How do you know that you love wisdom? That you are constantly seeking it out. Whenever a person talks, you're listening to him and you're thinking, what chachma does he have? You see something happening in your life and you're constantly seeking for the chachma, for the wisdom, for Hashem inside that event. That is the first requirement to receive the Torah. For a person to live an aware life. He has to have a life where he's seeking Chachma in every aspect. And that's what, except maybe one lesson that we learned over here. He listened to the voice of Yisrael. Who was Yisrael? This decadent, idolatrous person who did nothing. It doesn't make a difference. He said something. I'm going to listen. I'm going to pay attention and think deeply. The same thing when it, when it comes to learning. How does somebody grow in learning? It's not by reading words and absorbing information. It's by having a sensitive ear. There was a famous composer. I'm sure you've heard the story. There was a famous composer called Toscanini. The first time they had a recorded, they had a transatlantic, uh, a symphony was being played, and you could hear it on the radio. The first time it ever happened. And this composer, he listened to the, to the performance, I think it was the New York Philharmonic, and they played this beautiful piece, I don't remember what it was, and a reporter interviewed this composer, Toscanini, they asked him, what did you think about the performance? I think the performance was beautiful, but the third violin was missing. How could that be? So the reporter made a phone call, and he asked the person, did anything strange happen? It was a wonderful performance. But the third violinist called in sick. This person, he had a tremendous ear for music. We as Jews have to have an ear for Chachmah, for wisdom, for Torah, in everything that we do. That is the prerequisite and a requirement for Kabbalah Sater. Tonight's shir is the secret of well-being. What I want to do is I want to share with you tonight a little bit how to listen, how to pay attention to something that we do many times, every single day. We make a bracha of Asher Yatzar. And I want to show you that if you pay attention to the words that you're saying, it might change completely your relationship to Yiddishkeit. The key element that a person has to, walk, to work on is a sensitive hearing and a, a better eye for life. You know, it reminds me of a famous joke, Asher Yatzar. It says that three people came with, uh, with a, uh, a complaint against Hashem. 
three people. Three are three things. Aleinu l'shabeach came with a complaint. Aleinu l'shabeach is like tefilas aderech, you know? Most people are out the door. Asher yotzer said, you know, it's not such a pleasant thing, bracha, to make. A person goes to the bathroom and makes asher yotzer. And a mamzer. It's not his fault. It's his father's fault, his mother's fault. Why should he be blamed? And Hashem said, I'm going to take care of all of you. By the way, where was this joke said? There was a f- famous godel. His name was Reb Chaim Zimmerman. And he was fired by yeshiva. Let's call the yeshiva the yeshiva of Paris. Okay? Uh, Ari, paying attention? Anyway, so the thing is, uh, the yeshiva of Paris, right? And they had a history of firing great people. So they fired him, but he was like an older yeshiva, so it was embarrassing for them. So they made a dinner. So when he got up, he made this joke at the dinner. So these three things come to Hashem, Asher Yotzer, the bracha, Aleinu and the Mamzer. They all come. And Hashem says, I will take care of all of you. Asher Yotzer is a bracha that's going to be made under the chuppah. Asher Yotzer es ha'odom. That God created man. Wow, a chuppah. Beautiful. It's very far from the bathroom. Yeah? Aleinu l'shabeach. We're going to take it or we're going to put it in the middle of the Rosh Hashanah davening. The best, most holy davening. And the mamzer, we're going to make you the head of the board of, of the Paris Yeshiva. That was the, <laughs> that, that was the, that was the joke that he made. Reb Chaim Zimmerman. Reb Chaim Zimmerman was a very eclectic person. He was a great time. He had a great love for Torah. I remember seeing a long time. What? Yes, he was. I actually know whatever. But the thing is that the idea is, but the idea is is that Reb Chaim Zimmerman used to. There's a picture I saw once of him jumping on the table, dancing in Simcha Satori. He was a very colorful figure. You know, but he was also very funny. You know, Rabitza Kutner was a big man. He was, you know, gravitationally challenged. You know, like he was a big man. So Reb Chaim Zimmerman had to call him about some community issue. And he called him at 2 o'clock in the morning. And he told him, in Yiddish it sounds funny. He says, I'm sorry to disturb you in the middle of eating, but I have a question for you. That was like his, uh, he was a sharp, he was a sharp person, Reb Chaim Zimmerman. There's many other things that he said, but that was... Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the bracha of Asher And the problem with the bracha of Asher is that it is dichotomous. There's two worlds. Because there's nothing more degrading, there's nothing more demeaning than why we're making this bracha. But look at the words that you're saying. When Hashem created man, there are three things that it says. It says, Na'aseh Adam, betzalmeinu kudoseinu, v'yeitzer esa Adam, and it says, Ubara esa Adam. And all of those three languages are inside the bracha of Asher And you have to understand, if you look at the words of Asher the words of Asher is a bracha on the creation of man. There's no other bracha like it. How many words are there in Asher Does anybody know? According to the Nusach Arizal, there are 45 words, which is Begematria Adam. And let's look at the words for a second. Asher Yotzar Es Adam Bechochma. What does he mean that he formed an Adam? It could mean one of two things in Dikduk. Either it means he formed him with Chochma, 
or he put chachma inside of him. Be chachma. So we're making a bracha when a person's coming out of the bathroom that Hashem created a human being with chachma. What is chachma? We spoke about the idea of Ezu chachma. You know what chachma is? Chachma is the deepest knowledge, the creative knowledge of a human being. It's the inspirational knowledge a person has. If you've ever dealt, you have a, a very difficult problem. And you come up, you're inspired, I figured it out. That's Chachma. If you, some of you are musicians. I could teach you how to hold the guitar. I could tell you what to do. But for you to create a song, where does that come from? Nobody can teach you that. That comes from within inside of you. That's called Chachma. Person thinks about making a new business. And he's great, he knows the numbers. But the inspiration of it, that's Chachma. It's the deepest knowledge that a human being has. It's called Chachma. And we're saying over here, And we're making a bracha on the man. And let me tell you something. What is the gematria of Chachma? The numerical value of Chachma. Now you're going to see Rabbi Roy is not very good at math. What? 613. The gematria of Chachma is 613. So he's saying, you know, Rabbi Roisman, you might know a little bit Gemara, but math is not your strong point. <laughs> but if you have the Milui, you can write a letter, you could write it out. So you could write Ches, Ches Yud Saf. Kaf is Chaf and Fe. Mem is Mem Mem, and He is He and Yud. 418 plus 100 plus 80, plus 15, is exactly 613. The Chachma of a person appears because he's made up of 248. Dr. Daskal, this doesn't work out. Don't worry about it. He's made up of 248 bones and 365 sinews. Right? It doesn't work out. Exactly how it works. I actually saw an article. It does work out. But the idea is, is that 248 positive commandments, mitzvah saseh, and there's 365 And that's the chachma inside a human being, the Torah. Why are we making this bracha on going to the bathroom? A person, he's kol kedusha, he has ramach, evarim, shisa gidim, ramach mitzvah saseh, loisaseh, that's chachma. So I heard from Rabbi Yaman Kohen, a Mayur de Kipshat. He says the following thing. When man was created, and I'll give you an example. It says that in last week's parsha, the parsha of Man. What is one of the things that Man was special? Man, there was no waste. The Man was completely absorbed inside the body of the person. For 40 years, nobody went to the bathroom. Yeah? Because it was absorbed inside the body of the person. Before Adam Arishan sinned, everything in this world, there was no Ra inside the Taif. Ra, the Zayr says, was a Kelev min mi bachutz. Right? The, the, like a dog barking on the outside. What happened with the Chait of the Eitz Adas, Ra? The Ra got mixed together with the toif. There was a, 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 a confusion now, a taruvas of toivera. 
the Vilna Goyen says, Ein Adam asher yase There's nobody in the world that will only do good and never sin, but it's not true. There are people that have never done an Avera. It's possible. So what does it mean, asher yase Because even inside the toiv, there's an element of chait. There's an element of ra. All the toiv and the ra became one big, big jumble. So what are we doing in this world? In this world, every time a person learns Torah, every time a person performs mitzvahs, he is separating the toy from the ra. Where is this most apparent in a physical sense in a human being? When a person uses the bathroom. That's where it is most low form of the separation between toiv and ra. And that's where we make the brocha that Hashem created man with Chochmah. So what should I think when I come out of the bathroom? It's true. God has created us with incredible wisdom. And it is a bracha when everything works properly. But on a much deeper level, I came into this world for a purpose. To be able to separate to have the clarity of doing the avoida of separating separating and being metaked between the, the, the it says a person is full of nekovim the tour says and the Goyen also explains this in Adar there is no part of a human being which is not hollow. Even the hair inside a person has a hollowness to the center of it. Nekovim, nekovim. Why is man creating nekovim? So I'm not going to say so much, but there's more to talk about the whole bracha. If you take the time and learn the bracha, I have a lot more to say, but I'm just going to say this one last idea and we'll leave it for this evening. I heard from my Rebbe, Rebbe Yaman Kohn, a beautiful idea. Rabbi Yamin says the following concept. Why is every part of a human being hollow? The coven. We are built with hollow points. So Rabbi Yamin Kohen explains the following idea. It says by Matan Torah, that the Torah of Hashem should be on your face. What does it mean to have Torah Hashem on your face? It means to have busha. What is busha? Shame. Shame is a terrible, terrible, terrible emotion. There is nothing more destructive in a human being than shame. I don't know if you've ever been shamed publicly, but how does a person feel when he's shamed publicly? What does he want to do? He wants to be swallowed in the ground. He wants to disappear. So the entire point of the Torah is to feel shame? What does that mean? But there's a difference between a human being and Hashem. The idea of our relationship with Hashem is that when a person realizes who Hashem is and who He is, he becomes a vessel to accept the presence of Hashem. The more a person understands the greatness of God and how far away he is from that, the more he's able to fill himself with the presence of Hashem in the world. 
The reason why in Asher Yotza we say, Nekovim, Nekovim. Hashem, you made us full of Busha. The Gemara and Masechah Saito, the Rosh Hatevis of Basar, is Busha, Srucha Rima, because the Shin and the Samach are interchangeable. Embarrassment, worms. Does that mean that a person has to put himself down? The idea is to understand deeply our relationship with the Bayra Oilam. The creator of the world, the more we have a relationship with him, the more busha we feel. But it's not an embarrassment of shame, but rather it's a sense of understanding how much do I want to be close to you. The two ideas, every time a person makes ashayatza, a bracha ashayatza, I came to this world to, to accomplish something where only as a human being can I elevate this world. Only I, only me, can elevate this world. Kedusha. That's what it means. And he created within him Nekovim, Nekovim. The entire human being is a vessel to accept Hashem's presence. How do I accept Hashem's presence? By coming to an ever clearer realization of who I am and who Hashem is. I saw there was a great Mekubal, Rabbi Yosef Shalom El Yashiv. It's Rabbi Yashiv's grandfather. So he, there was a big tzaddik in Yerushalayim. His name was Rabbi Levin. So one time, Rabbi Levin, the, the Leshem at the end of his life was blind. And Rabbi Levin used to read Sifre Kabbalah for the, for the Leshem, for Rabbi Yosef Shalom El Yashiv. One day, Rabbi Levin came and the Leshem was very happy. But he looked like something just had, ha- had happened to him. He said, what happened to you? He said, I had a very special experience. There's a sefer called Menucha V'Kedusha. The sefer Menucha Kedusha was written by a Talmud of, uh, of Reb Chaim Velazhenah. Reb Chaim Velazhenah, the father of all yeshivas, he wrote a beautiful sefer. He wrote it actually for his children. And in the sefer Menucha V'Kedusha, he says that he was a balabas. He used to be a, a, a businessman. But he was an incredible Tamad Chochem and a tzaddik. And he was running to do business. He was running to, to the market. And he ran past the shul, and they were saying slichas. And when he walked past the shul, he heard one of the psukim of slichas as he was running past. And he started to think about what the pasuk meant as he was running. And he had such an intense revelation where he felt God's presence there with him. And he started to physically shake, tremble, that he could not walk anymore. And he said that he felt like his neshama is going to leave its body because of the tremendous trembling of Hashem's presence in the world. Rabbi Yashif said, today I had the same experience. This is something that we should strive for. To have a relationship with the Bayre Oilam that is so deep that we are able to feel it. That we are able to experience it. Whether it's a relationship of love or one of reverence. 
But if a person has never shaken in front of God, if a person never felt a deep love for the Bayre Oilam, it's something to work towards. That is something that we can seek out and search for. This week's parsha is the parsha of Matan Torah. How do we do that? Vayishma, to start listening to the Kedusha in the world. When we are learning to listen deeply, to listen with all of our faculties, to listen to our children, to listen to our wives, to listen, to hear Ruchnius in the world, to hear it. And of course, to remove the noise that conceals God in the world. To try to take it out of our lives. Whether it's depression or sadness or the foolishness that distorts God in the world, whatever it might be. But that's not what's important. What's important is that we all want a Matan Torah experience. It didn't happen 3,000 years ago. 3,000 400 years ago. It didn't happen then. It happens constantly. And we have to strive to have that experience of God's presence. How do we do that? How do we begin? Vayishma. To start listening deeply. To remove all the noise and to try to delve with Amkis into Hashem's Torah and into the world in general. Good job.